You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. How many of us have been enjoying the Lord? How many of us have been desiring to enjoy the Lord? You know, I don't know if we mentioned on Wednesday, the last meeting, where we said that to enjoy God is both a pursuit and a reward. It's a pursuit. It is what you desire to do. And then it's also a reward that God gives to you. Praise the Lord. It's, it's so important. It's a desire. It's an aspiration. And that is why we're learning it. And it's also an achievement. You know, um, the Bible makes us understand in the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents where, you know, our Lord Jesus said in Matthew 25 from 13 to 30. That's not our text for today. But in that parable, the, this was what happened. The Bible said when the master returned and each servant came to him to say, this is what you gave to me and this is what I've done with what you gave to me. This was what the master said to them, to this good servants. He said what? Enter, well done thou good and faithful servant. Do what? Enter into the joy of your master. Praise the Lord. So the pursuits of enjoying God is what you desire. Then it's also his reward. You know, we started by asking ourselves a question. Whether there were some subjects that you really enjoyed in school. Isn't that what we asked? And we are all identified with had such subjects you realize that you enjoy the subjects in the course of the term, isn't it? Then when the results came, what happened also? You enjoyed further because you excelled in those courses. That's the way it works. So you enjoy him in the process and then he rewards you. Praise the Lord. So here he says to them, enter into the joy of your Lord. And if you look at that whole statement, he simply says, if you remove, if you take the first two letters, and add to with the six or seven one, what you find is enjoy. Enter into joy is to what? Is a short form of enjoy. Praise the Lord. So I pray and I desire that you will enter into the joy of your master and our master in the name of Jesus Christ. So this morning we want to continue. It's, it's actually, I'm trying to see if I could rush and end it, but you know, there are just so many things coming out of it. And what we want to start with our meditation today is just another reason why we're looking at this is this. If and when, I pray, we get it right, you and I will discover that there is no coercion with spiritual things. There is no compulsion with spiritual things. And that is why we're learning these things. It's very important. You see, in spiritual things, the way it's meant to be is that it's supposed to flow. And that's why God says, this is the greatest commandment, that you do what? You love the Lord your God, what? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, when you have that love, what happens is what? The other things that follow become an outflow of that love. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, spiritual things don't have compulsions. They don't have coercions. Rather, what they expect is a flow. And that's why if you listen to our Lord Jesus, if you read the Bible, the Gospels, most times when our Lord Jesus will speak to you and I, or speak to us, he would say it in this way, if, if 
which means if you get from the background, if you get from the core, the Bible says, guard your heart with what? All diligence for out of what? It flows the issues of life. So what we are learning is to get our heart in the right place so that what flows out of it will be what? Right. Praise the Lord. So you hear our Lord Jesus always saying, if anyone, if any man, if you, if you, if you. Why is he saying that? He's not compulsory. Praise the Lord. He has created his heaven. He's not. Even if we step back to the beginning of beginnings, don't you think God had enough power to have killed that serpent at the moment he was tempting uh, Eve? Don't you think God had enough power to have even stopped Adam and Eve from you know, exercising that church? But you see, the things about God and spiritual things, they must come from inside of you. That's why we want to get it right inside of us. Praise the Lord. Somebody said, I want to get it right. Inside of me, yes, I want to enjoy him so that in any matter and in any circumstance becomes easy for me to win. The things, the issues, the songwriter says flowing from my heart are the issues of my heart. And what did he say it is? is gratefulness. It's gratefulness. So wherever we are found that what will flow from us will be what? Gratitude, love and enjoyment. Praise the Lord. And this works this way. This is the only way this will work. It will work because when you and I started this journey, this was something that needed to happen. The Bible says in John 1, 12 and 13, 11, he came to his own, his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become what? Children of God. Now in verse 13, this is what verse 13 says. It says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but what? But of God. So at some point in our lives, which is what we keep emphasizing here, the birth, the, birth, the new birth is too essential for the rest of the journey. So we keep emphasizing it just in case somebody might be here or might be watching who hasn't gotten this piece right. It is so important. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says to us, he that is in Christ is what? A new creation, all things have what passed away. Now, that new creation is the new nature that is put in you. Praise the Lord. Now, that new nature is what is designed, what is, you know, genetically, you know, constructed to love God. So, if I have genuinely the new nature, something inside of me will love God. You know why? There will be family affinity. You understand what I'm saying? It will flow from me. I will want to love him. I will want to love him because he's my father. His genes are in me. Praise the Lord. And that's what we want to get so that we can get the flow. And we're going to touch a few things here and there. You know, as we move on, it might not flow directly, but just follow me. So we want to see the nature and the nurture side of this enjoying God. You see, the nature and the nurture. The nature is this. It is impossible for one who is not born of God to love God. It won't work. The person can have the emotions. And that is why you see the Pharisees. They had issues because these people did not have the spirit of God. But you see, they had the forms. They had the commandments. They had the ceremonies. They had a lot of things. But inside of them, that's why Jesus, you know, just couldn't get along with them. And they couldn't get along with him. And the few that tried to come, Jesus made it better. In fact, the word we use 
you must be born again, was used for the Pharisees. You know why he had to use it for Nicodemus? Because if he had started listing rules and regulations, Nicodemus would have said that I have that sorted out. Praise the Lord. He was a ruler of the Jews. He was, you know, a bishop or whatever, you know, at that level. So he didn't come and start telling him, don't do this and don't do that. No, he said, you must get the nature. God must be born in you. And it is that nature that I can relate to because that is where it must what? flow from. Praise the Lord. So the Christian who in this season we are learning to enjoy God must be sure, first of all, that I carry inside of me the genetics of God. And that is what the Bible is saying to us in 2 Corinthians 5. It's a new creation. All things are what? Passed away. All things have become new. This birth, this person living now, is not living of the will of man. It's not, I'm a product of my father and mother in body. But my spirit now is what? A product of the spirit and the word of God. Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, when that nature is in me, this is what happens. 1 Peter 1.23. 1 Peter 1.23 says something to us. It says, having been born again. So this is referring to what happened to me, to what happened to you as your word. He says, having been what? Born again. And now what does it say? It said, not of corruptible seed, but what? Incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. It means from the moment I'm born again, something inside of me has the capacity and the tendency and in fact, the longing to be like God. Praise the Lord. It's inside of me. I carry it. Now, what happens oftentimes is this. The Bible says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, that word, that you may grow thereby. Why? Because how, can you imagine, uh, um, is it Tazan that was the person that was born, a human being that was born and grew up with animals? Okay. So you saw that when Tazan grew, could he speak? He could communicate with the monkeys. But he couldn't communicate with human beings. But he was a human being. What has happened now? His nature was human nature. But his nurture was what? Epic nurture. So he could relate with the apes. But he could not relate with human beings. Even though it was his nature. His nurture had affected his nature. And that is the problem we have in our world. That's why the Bible will say to you and I. Do not love the world. Nor the things that are in the world. Why? If any man loves the world, he says the love of the Father is not in him. What it means is this. When you love the world, what it simply means is that you are attracted. You are, you know, you are excited by the things of the world. It's going to create a friction which will not allow the nature of God in you to manifest. Okay? So what this creates along the line is that this subject we are looking at, which should have been automatic, which should have been, you know, taken for granted. It's just like, I don't know if you've had experiences or seen children that are homeschooled and children that are, you know, um, what's the other type of school? Regular schooling. If you see children that are homeschooled, they don't have a challenge with peer pressure, you know, with uh, everybody says this in school. No, their school is their father and mother. Their classmates are their younger brother or younger sister. That's all they know. They're just okay. You see them, they're who they are. But you see, when you and I take our children and drop them in a class of 30 amongst, in a school of 600, 
And every day they come to school, they come from your house. You say, don't use cuss words. Don't insult people. Don't do this. Don't do that. When they get to school and 20 out of 30 are using cuss words and are insulting and fighting and stealing, you know, what do you think they're going to learn? It's going to be a struggle because they come from here, they hear this, then they come here and it becomes the normal operation here. So what that does is that it quenches and, you know, it suffocates the real training these children are getting in school. That's why we parents, we must actually stay in the place of prayer that God will preserve our children. Praise the Lord. Alternatively, you just try homeschooling and everything will be okay. Okay? Praise the Lord. So we have this, you know, struggle between nature and nature. And that's what happens to us as believers. We are now born again, but because the world is so around us, Look at it. How many times you come to church? Most of us, the best we do is on Sunday. Let me announce now for those who are watching. We hold this meeting Sundays and Wednesdays. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. we hold this meeting. Now, if in the world you are exposed to the things of the world seven days a week, 10 hours a week, 8 hours a week, 14 hours a week, and then you expose yourself to the things of God the best, you know, some people two hours, Monday and Wednesday. How do you think that the nature of God in you will fight the challenge and the struggle that the environment is trying to put in you? Is it going to be an easy fight? It won't be an easy fight. So we must understand this. Inside of every born-again Christian is a natural infinity or affinity to love God, to enjoy God, because it like cause to like. Okay? Praise the Lord. I got a new car. How many have seen my new car? Now, what happens is this. I realize that when you are driving a particular car, especially the one you like, when you see somebody on the road who is driving the same car, what do you do? You flash the person. Why are you flashing the person? We're together. Isn't it? It's automatic. Now, the nature of God inside of you, the Bible says deep does what? Calls unto deep. Automatically should call unto God. But where it is not being nurtured, that's why it quenches. And that's why the devil keeps winning battles that he should not win at all. Somebody say, thus far and no more in the name of Jesus Christ. What are we saying here? Let me digress a bit and make this point. The Spirit of God said to me, he said, what the Lord Jesus, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ, we know Gethsemane. And we know how he prayed until tears, you know, sweats, you know, prayed with tears. And then his sweats became as drops of blood. When he was praying at Gethsemane, the Lord was saying to me, Jesus could not have been crying and sweating tears of blood because of stripes. Yes, the stripes were horrible. The slap on his face the pulling of his bed, you know, the nails and all of that. They were painful and they will be painful for anybody. But you see, these things, other men have gone through it after him. Praise the Lord. You know, and some, you know, were put in. John, we understand from, you know, history, was actually bored in hot oil. All of that, this, it can be what he was agonizing over. He said, what was he agonizing over? He said, go and read the story. See what he was saying. What Jesus, our Lord Jesus was agonizing over was so there will be a time in my life where I'll be separated from the Father. Are you getting it? That's why he said, Matthew 27, 45 and 45. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou what? 
forsaken me? Why have you withdrawn from me? Remember, during his ministry, he kept saying, the one who sent me is always with me. Now, that always with me was why. He says, because I always do everything that he said or everything that pleases him or he says to do. So, the being with him was not automatic. The being with him was not actually from the father's side. It was from his side because he made effort. And that's why he teaches us. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments, that you might abide in my love. This is what we see when we want to, but I don't want to, you know, be distracted. When we say the unconditional love of God. The unconditional love of God is that you can never set out to love God and God will say, I don't love you. Are you getting that? You know, you can want to love a human being and the human being will say, I don't love you. You might actually have loved and loved and then the person breaks your heart and breaks your mind and breaks your head and all of that. You know, in these days and actually butchers and all of that. But God, the guarantee we have is that any man who makes up his mind or who decides to love God, what is he going to meet? He's going to meet a greater love from God. He said, if you draw near to me, what will happen? I will draw near to you. Praise the Lord. So, what was happening here was this. Jesus was saying, I have always consistently, you know, walked towards being in your presence. How come now? What is going to happen? When I bear the sins of the world on myself, you can't be with me. That was the cry. Is there any other way we can save mankind without I, the son, being separated from the father? That's what it is. Now, you and I may be able to identify with this if you have really loved. Praise the Lord. You may be able to identify with it because what you now begin to see is this. He could see the pain it was to him that there would be a separation. You mean my father and I will not be together. And that's why he shouted and cried out at the cross. Father, my God. Why are you withdrawn from me? Now, that is the picture that you and I must begin to get when we see that this is the nature we have. Just like we mentioned, I think it was last Sunday, about that little child being taken away from the mother. The child will kick. The child will scream. The child will pull. The child will do everything. Why? Because this child has grown to know in his few months or few days of life that this is my mother. We are supposed to be what? Together. Now, for the Christian, this must be, you know, this must be your default. Let me use that word. Praise the Lord. Where nothing should come between you and God. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, having said that, I want to look at the life of somebody who I want us to use to understand this. How many of us know the man Moses? We know the man Moses. And the Bible tells us about Moses in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 verse 23 says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. Because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. 27 says, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Note the flow there. He said, they told us how 
he was able to do it. The last verse I read, 27, said, He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Why? He says, He endured as seeing him what? Who is invisible. What we are learning here now is this. As children of God, with this nature in us, we must grow to see, to love, to enjoy, to value this invisible God. Praise the Lord. This God that we may not be able to use our hands and embrace with our heart, we know he's there. Why? Because the nature of God in us senses the nature of God. And then the Bible says the spirit of God has what? Shed abroad upon our hearts. The love of God. So we know he's there. So it doesn't matter what is happening around us. There is just a witness. Praise the name of the Lord. And let's get into these details now. So they said Moses. Exodus 2 has the real account. Maybe we should look at Exodus 2. In Exodus chapter 2, that's where the, you know, the story begins. So they tell us about it. Exodus 2 from verse 1, I'll read quickly. It says, a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dubbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bath at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. This is who? One of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away, nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. Verse 10, And the child grew. When the child grew, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became whose son? Her son. So she became a grandchild of Pharaoh with full rights in this house. All of a sudden, remember we read back that he was one of the Hebrews' children. So all of a sudden, a Hebrew child becomes what? A royal child of Egypt, of Pharaoh. Okay? Now, so we find in this, so what is his nature? What is Moses' nature? Is it Egyptian? Is it Egyptian royalty? Or Hebrew child? Hebrew child, that's his nature, right? But we see that he has been enthroned into royalty. He has been put into this place. And the comparison is out of this world. That's why, you see, for those that are watching, if you're in this church and you're watching and you're in government or you're involved in anything, just ask yourself, if Moses could do what he did, which we are learning now, what is it in Nigeria that is comparable to the treasures of Pharaoh? Pharaoh was ruling the world. Pharaoh was like a god, like we learned the other time. He said, who is the Lord? The only God he knew was himself. And then Moses had the privilege of being his son. Anyway, so this was where he was. So he became Pharaoh's daughter's son. But the Bible says in verse 11, Now it came to pass in those days, when Moses was grown, somebody say when he grew. When he grew, I will grow, you will grow. 
We will all grow. In the name of Jesus. I don't know how the story of Tarzan ended, but did he finally meet human beings? When he grew, Abby? Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Somebody will grow and come out from the forest. Hallelujah. Anyway, now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that what happened? He went out to his brethren. So when he grew, he knew that the comforts of the palace was not his nature. That's what makes a believer quit sin. You know this is not your nature. It's not that, you know, they will suspend you from church. It's not that they will beat you. No. And that's why remember we said here that heaven is, you know, I'm careful to use that word. But heaven is a byproduct. Heaven is, a, is going to flow from enjoyment of God. If you're not enjoying God and walking with him, you will miss the rapture. Somebody says, how, how can someone be sure of heaven? Enjoy him every day. Praise the Lord. Once the nature is right, we said it also some time ago, that what is going to bring people into heaven, the angels at the gate of heaven, do you know how they will admit people into heaven? They will look at you, if you look like Jesus, you will come in. You remember we learned that here? Yes, it's not a password. You know, some people think that heaven is going to be, when I come there, I say I'm a member of the Father's side, they say come in. Or I'm a, I'm a deeper, or I'm a winner, or I'm a redeemer. Uh, no, 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 it, it won't happen. When, once you just appear, you know, my phone now is uh, some face, phones are face recognition, right? You know, some are fingerprints and all of that. Heaven is nature recognition. If the nature of God is not there, there is nothing you can do. They don't knock on the door. Praise the Lord, somebody. Anyway, so Moses got there and he said, these people I'm dwelling with in the palace, they are my neighbors, they are not my brethren. It takes depth. It takes understanding. The comparison is that these people were like gods. His own people were like were slaves, not were like. They were slaves indeed. And he went out and when he saw what was happening, he identified with the slaves. And in the New Testament and in Hebrews, they began to tell us how he did it. And the background, the technology that he used. It says he chose rather to suffer affliction. So what happens is this. When you know who you are, it determines your choices. Not the immediate comfort or discomfort of the decision. Praise the Lord somebody. You see, maturity for the Christian is when his nature supersedes every environment he finds himself in. So, no, nobody is afraid whether when you become a big man. You know, God is going to bless many of you that are here. Praise the Lord. And those that are watching, God will bless you. This is not the end of your story. Praise the Lord. A change will happen in Nigeria. Where the wicked and unrighteous and the corrupt and the billions steal it. It's amazing. And they don't even steal millions in Nigeria again. I mean, it's just, when we're growing up, when they say Jim Wobodo then, when they said what they embezzled, 500,000, you know, Two million, and we will be screaming. Okay? But God is going to roll these people away and raise a new breed. And I pray you'll be one of them in Jesus' name. So, it says, this uh, Moses, what did he do? He chose rather, I'm back in Hebrews 11 now, 25. It says, first of all, it says, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said, no, I know this is better as it seems. I know this is a privilege as it may appear, but this is not who I am. 
This is not me. I am born of God. Can you say with me, I am born of God. The seed of God remains in me. The Bible says in 1 John 3 verse 9, please, you can look at it. 1 John 3 9. It says, whoever has been born of God. I need us to read that, please. Read it, everybody. Whoever has been what? Born of God does not sin. I mean, categorical. It says, for his seed, what's what? Remains in him, but not his seed. Sometimes you may plant good crop and then weed. You know, weed grows fast. Weed can grow fast. But after some time, what will happen? The one that you planted will still come up. So there are provisions where somebody is overtaken. That's why the Bible says, if any man be overtaken with a trespass, let those who are spiritual do what rest So it does not mean you're not overtaken. But what it means is this. As long as that seed of God is inside of you, you cannot sin and enjoy it. Praise the Lord. Somebody who carries the nature of God cannot sin and enjoy it. In fact, I remember an account, you know, I don't want to give details because somebody, I remember an account of a a, a man who was saying his experience after his sexual sins. He said he will be scrubbing his body until blood is almost coming out because he wants to scrub off everything that looks like the sin. So if you sin and enjoy it, you're not born again. You need to get born again. Because the seed that is in you cannot. He says, do we make Christ a part of Belial? God forbid. You can't. But you can be overtaken. So you might fall. You might be overtaken. But if you're enjoying it. And you see, if you remember, unbelievers boast about their sin. But the believer is repulsed. Agonizes over it. Why? Because his nature is contrary to his nature. It grieves his soul. Praise the Lord. The the Bible says, after David cut off the tip of the garment of Saul. What did he say? He says his heart smote him. Saul didn't catch him. It was his heart. If a believer sins and goes and you're okay. And your heart is not beating you. There is something wrong. Is somebody getting, you tell a lie. You talk to somebody roughly or rashly. And, you know, it's just your backsliding and it's okay. You know, you see church, you just push it. Things of God don't mean anything. Better go and check your nature. That one is no longer nurture. God will help us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So, Moses was referring here when he says he chose rather to be called a child of God or rather refused to be called Pharaoh. He said, I know, I see these things. I can touch them. I can feel the respect. I can see people bowing to me. But he says, there's something else inside of me. And you see, the thing about the nature is that it is beyond you. It was there before you came together. Praise the Lord. It's not easy to shove it off. It's not easy to push it out. So he said, no, I would rather what? Go with the people of God than what? Enjoy. Now, this is where I'm going to now. Where he says now. 25 sorry he said choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to do what enjoy that's the word we're looking for because what we're learning now is to enjoy when you and I get to where we enjoy God the way we should enjoy God the devil is in trouble you know the devil is in trouble what is he going to compete with what is he going to offer to you praise the Lord we say here all the time that the word of God is tied together the word of God 
It's tied together. Everything ties together. Joseph in Potiphar's house. The Bible says Potiphar had put everything in his house. What? Under the hands of Joseph. Listen to the next slide. And did not know anything that happened in the house except what? The food he ate. If Joseph had continued his, this thing with Potiphar's wife, Potiphar will never know. That's the point I'm making. There is no way he would have known that Joseph was having something with the wife. But why would Joseph say no? He told us why. He said, the enjoyment I have with God, this one will cost me it. Is somebody getting it? Now, if the enjoyment you have with God is not a consideration when you make decisions, let's deal with your nature. That's what he said. He says, I cannot commit this sin against God. He's not Potiphar. We can beat him to it. You know, he goes and comes back after a month or whatever. But God, I enjoy, I mean, what, what I have with God. That's why I pray for you. Praise the Lord. I pray for you watching that you get into the place where the enjoyment of God is so sweet that what is, what will man bring for you? What material thing will they give to you? What pleasure will anybody offer to you? Or even on the other side, what threat can they make on you? It becomes immaterial. So uh, Moses said here, he chose rather to suffer afflictions with the people, rather than to do what? Enjoy the passing pleasures. Now, note very important there now for believers. It, note here, he called what he was choosing over enjoyment reproach. Isn't it? Or rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy when we see what we are learning today, or what we've been learning in a couple of days, we're going to see something then. And this is what it is. Remember, God said to us, he makes his reign to fall on the just and on the unjust. And we've said it here, let nobody deceive you. God blesses the whole world. Everybody in this world is still under the blessing of God in material things, in social things, you know, generally. That's just the truth. Do you know China? China that is becoming the number one world, you know, or rather trending to becoming the number one world power. China's policy is that there is no God. They don't care. They are persecuting. You know this thing this Islamic people are doing to us in Nigeria. China is doing it to Islam. They are also doing it to Christians. They are doing it to everybody. They don't believe there is God. But everything that you are importing and buying is from China. Who has blessed them? The goodness of God on this earth is on everybody. It says he causes his rain and his son to fall on who? Both the just and unjust. But the distinguishing factor for the believer is that the believer does not just enjoy the blessing. They enjoy the blesser. They enjoy the blesser. And that is what many of us are missing in this time. So you find Christians who measure the goodness of God in their lives only by the very things the world can be, you know, blessed by. No, if everything, I mean, think about it, the prayer points, the bodies, we say there, even animals, God heals them. Even insects, Papa, we talked about cockroaches. How many of us have seen cockroaches get up and, you know, continue? I'm the only one. 
God heals. God provides. God gives children. God gives husbands. God gives wives. God gives houses. God gives all of that. But the peculiar thing that you and I have is what Moses said to us. He says, unless your presence goes with us. Unless your presence goes with us. He says, don't take us from here. And he told us, he says, how shall we be what? Different. How shall we be different? So, when Moses was faced with this decision, he said, there is enjoyment in the palace. But if I keep myself in the palace, I'm going to miss the enjoyment of him who is invisible. So he said, the Bible says he esteemed. That word esteemed is like a measurement. The Bible said he measured what he was going to gain and what he was going to lose. And he said, I would rather do what? Identify with the afflictions of the people of God and miss this passing pleasure of Egypt. Now let's ask ourselves another question. Assuming Moses chose to remain royalty in Egypt. You know the best you see of Moses now? When you go to Egypt on vacation, they will take you to somewhere and say, this is his mommy. Is it Abby? They'll take you somewhere and, and, you know, go and show you that this is the, no, 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 the tomb. This is the tomb of Moses. He would have been rotting in hell and not existing. But because of the choice he made, when Jesus was going to appear, he was one of those that appeared with him. Tell somebody, make a wise choice. Tell somebody, better make a wise choice. So this day, we look at this and we want to see it ought to be natural for me. And if it's not, please, it's a prayer point. The second part of it is the nurture part. It's the learning part. We have to apply ourselves. Peter tells us, he says, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. We have to say, now this is who I am. We make effort and that's where we fail. We must see, I bless God, how many of us enjoy the praise and worship today? And for those of us who are watching, it didn't start by nine, but I won't say more than that. Praise the Lord. It started from our houses. Hallelujah. You see, the thing we Christians now miss is this. Knowing our nature, we don't nurture our love. I was coming down the stairs now, and I looked out the window. You know what I saw? I saw in this open uh, property on our side. I saw footballers play. No mask. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear a mask. No, <laughs> no physical distancing. They're just they're enjoying the free Sunday. You see, knowing who you are, what effort are you making to get the best of this God? What investment are you putting in? That's why the psalmist said to us, he said, better is a day in your courts than a thousand words elsewhere. You could see that David was somebody, we, we, started, we referred to David already, you know, before. David was somebody who knew and loved the Lord and invested in it. As king, he employed full-time musicians to praise God. It shouldn't be a big deal. Unbelievers also employ full-time musicians to do all kinds of things. Don't they do that? They have king's jesters and all of that. We don't hear of David having king's jesters. What we hear of David having is king's counselors who will lead him in the right path. The prophets to the king. So now that you are born again, I want to beg you from today, make effort to nurture your nature. This is who you are. This is where you're born into. This is what you enjoy. Praise God. Maybe you're like me. 
You know, they've taken all my gift of singing and given to mommy. Chi. Maybe they, you know, all your gift of singing is not there. But you can talk to God. And then I sing when I'm alone, where nobody will know that I'm, you know. You can just enjoy your God. Do you understand? You can invest in nurturing this your nature. So that there's nothing the world will bring and you think you're missing on something. You're not missing out on anything. And maybe this is the wisdom of the old, you know, the, the old school people. Who made us look so differently? You know, in the old school, you know, when you see a Christian woman, you will see the length of the, of the gown. You understand what I'm saying? When you see a Christian man, you wouldn't know whether he's pot-bellied or not because the coat will be so oversized. You know, I think maybe they did that just so that when you're walking, you see, you will know that you have chosen Jesus. And if the world is going left or right, you don't care. Praise the Lord. The only problem with that is that God wants to, through us, diffuse the fragrance of Christ. And he doesn't want, like we learned on Wednesday, a very important lesson. We learned on Wednesday, the early church, the joy they had when they were together, made people inquire about them. My prayer is that as you nurture the nature of God in you, people will inquire of you. Waiting, they make you shine. Praise the Lord. Why are you so joyful? Why are you so excited? We are all here in this estate. We've not had life for one week. But when you come out, everybody's frowning and complaining. When you come out, your face is bright. Your face is you know, encouraging. What is the secret? The Bible didn't say that when God answered all their prayers, they, they looked to him. And they were what? Radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. It was not their environment. It was who they were focusing on. Let's rise on our faith. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. I want you to just talk to him. This is who you are. He's your father. Tell him you're beautiful. Tell him I will love you. I want to love you. Tell him you're better than the best. Tell him you're bigger than the big. Tell him you're the greatest. Tell him you're wonderful. Tell him that he's more than enough for you. Tell him, Lord, I love you. Tell him, Lord, nothing else will compare. Tell him, Lord, you are stronger than the strong. You are mightier than the mighty. Call him omnipotent God. Call him omniscient God. Call him omnipresent God. He's all of that and much more. He's the I am that I am. He's the one who at the end of the day will wrap everything up. He's the one who started it. He's the one who upholds it. He's the one who controls it. Tell him you are worthy, O Lord. That's what the songwriter says. That's what Revelation says. You are worthy to receive glory and honor. He says, for you have made all things. And for your pleasure they exist. Just worship him. Just exalt him. Tell him, Lord, you are great. Tell him, Lord, you are beautiful. Tell him, Lord, you are faithful. Tell him, Lord, you are dependable. Tell him, Lord, you are reliable. Say to him, I want to love you. I am of you. And I want to remain in you. Tell him, I want you to think, is there anything that compares? Is there anything that looks like him? Is there anyone that can be compared to him? He is our God. Father, we bless you. Receive this praise. Receive this praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to take this prayer. John 4, verse 10. This was our Lord Jesus' encounter with the woman at the world. The Samaritan woman. And in this particular verse was our Lord Jesus speaking to this woman. And 
he said two things because the woman was asking. I mean, you just come from anywhere. You're obviously a stranger, traveler. You don't even have a bucket. You don't have a cup. You don't have anything. And you're trying to tell me that you can bless me. You're better than me. Jesus said to the woman, one, if you knew what? The gift of God. That's one. The gift of God. The Bible says the blessings of God, what do they do? They make rich and they add no sorrow. The God you and I serve is El Shaddai. Listen, when we are learning to love him for him, it does not diminish his awesomeness. It does not diminish his miracles. It does not diminish his provision. It does not diminish the mighty works and things he does for us. It is just to take it a notch higher. So he said to her, if you knew the gift of God, one. Then the second one he said was, and who it is? Who is speaking to you now? Who is saying to you? In essence, who, if you knew the gift of God and who God is, I want you to pray. Lord, give me this revelation. It will help me to enjoy you more. Let me know your gift. You see, the, the song, you know, the woman that sang the song says, and no romance without finance. God has the money. He has the clout. He has everything. But Lord, today I want to what? Know the gift. And then I want to know you. I want you to make that your prayer. Lord, reveal inside of me. Just like Moses knew. That the, the affliction of the children of Israel was to be esteemed higher and much more than the pleasures of Egypt. Your blessings, O oh Lord. I, Lord, help me. I want to know your faithfulness. The joy that only you can give. Lord, you are good. You are God. Lord, I want to know. And then he says, who it is who says to you. Some translations will say, and who I am, who is speaking to you. Lord, I want to know you further. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. Make that a prayer. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. There is this song that says, the more I know you, the more I know you. Yes, Lord. How many want more? Let's lift up our hands and cry out for more of him. You have been born of the spirit. Then let us grow in the spirit. The Bible says if we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. I want more of you. I want more. The Bible says your love is better than wine. Listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 0703 You can find us online at www. At the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.